Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The Monopoly game at Maccas is back. Download the My Maccas app and get in the game today. Welcome to the Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. Ah, yes, indeed. Welcome to the Maccas Run. I hope you've had a good day as you possibly can. However, you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in. It is wonderful to have you on board the Maccas Run. We catch up to speed on all the major news stories and talking points from around the day. So however you're joining us and wherever you're joining us, it is just superb to be conversing with you. Uh, If you'd like to do a little bit more of that, uh, make it more of a two-way street thing, this conversation, uh, you can do so and have your say on the news of the day on the Harcourts open line. You'll move your Harcourts for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourts for all things sport. Please feel free to speak to me uh, or anyone, really, on SEN all throughout the day. Uh, you can text in. The 40 Winks Temper text line is open for business. Consumer's choice winner, temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. That sounds very comfortable. Uh, we do it all, of course, for Maccas, and you can score a one-in-four chance to win with the Monopoly game, which is back at Maccas and always great fun. Um, there is a ton to get through today, but we are in the build-up to a massive grand final in maybe the greatest season ever. Um, so we're going to catch up with a former Swan who played in the Swans' last premiership, uh, was there when Buddy Franklin first stepped through the door because, uh, as we know from the two-word statement today, one more for maybe one of the greatest players of all time. Buddy Franklin's going to go around again with the Swans. So we get to kill a couple of birds with the one stone with Ted Richards because 2012 he played uh, in the last Swans flag. Uh, He was there day one when Buddy rolled through the door. Um, So he's got a fantastic perspective that we can tap into after 6.30 this evening. Until then, 1-300-736-736 to have your say on the news of the day on the Harcourt's open line. Your move, your Harcourt's. Um, I would say that when the outgoing CEO appears on the station, there's probably no bigger news than uh, just about everything that Gil had to speak about in a great chat with Jared Whateley uh, earlier, sen.com.au, to hear all of that chat. Um, but it's just some of the bits that we've cherry-picked out that um, I think might just tickle your fancy. And hopefully you've got an opinion on. Let's start with something that – and I'm not going to take credit for this. I'm not going to – because why would I? Um, there have been plenty of people, plenty of people, far more high-profile than I, who have been saying for a fair while now that a magic round style of round of AFL, where every single game for the round is played at the one venue or in the one city. It would be a tremendous idea. We got a little taste of that in the footy festival during COVID about what that might have meant. Uh, NRL have been doing it successfully for a few years now at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Uh, Gil McLaughlin uh, was speaking about that logic behind this as it was floated to the presidents um, in a recent meeting 
during the week, uh, actually a little while ago, but he explained the logic behind it and where they're at now. Do you remember we played a internal practice managers and low-key stuff and then they played one proper hit-out in venues with all the systems going and they just played it like a home-and-away game. They built it into each other and people got suspended, people got injured and it was like... So we had the, the CEOs and presidents on the back of that just before the, the opening week and I said, if you're going to do it like that, why don't you, why don't you play as a home-and-away game? And we'll just have a very limited pre-season. There was not a no, so the team have gone off and explored all of that and now we've got multiple states interested in doing it and it got to the point where three states say yeah we'll do it we'll move we'd love to have all nine games in this market all you know our, you know the members in each state still get their 11 home games and it's an additional one and we can come together as an industry and for whether it's you know whether it's in whatever state would be would have a different would it have a different logic yesterday we got a tick to go and say yeah okay now we can start drilling into the you know we brief the clubs where we're at and what it would mean in a marketing sense a financial sense what a logistical sense and so now uh, we're working through that with the clubs. and So that was Gil McLaughlin speaking to Jerry Whiteley on the origins behind a potential magic round and an extra round in the year where every team would be in the same city playing at the same venue uh, across the weekend. And here's how it would work. School holidays, the right window for it? I think the, 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 what they've been notionally talking about is somewhere around we get the season out of the blocks well and strong and maybe around sort of five-ish, um, second half of... of April, it's school holidays nationally and people could set it up, go away with their families and, and work around that sort of weekend if that, if that was their inclination. Double headers, triple headers? Triple headers is what was sort of in, in some venues, yeah. I mean, you, depending on where, but if you're in, in, um, in say, South Australia, um, there's one venue really and you'd have to really make it work and that, you know, you'd have a carnival. Um, if you're in Sydney, there's a couple of venues. If you're in Perth, there's really one. So it depends on where, but, you know, I think wherever you are, there's contemplation of sort of triple headers. And next season, is that the likely outcome? That's what we're looking at, yeah. yeah no, a lot of work exciting. to do. I mean, my team have been sitting around doing not much, so they're <laughs> looking for stuff to do. Gil McLaughlin earlier today, how good does that sound? So I challenge you. I, in fact, I dare you to come up with a negative for this. So we get an extra round of footy in a year. That's a big tick. And then on a revolving basis, uh, we're going to go to a particular city and host a festival of football over the weekend where every team will be in town um, and you can see your favourite team if, uh, in fact, you don't barrack for a team that resides in your city. And it might go to a city where we don't have a team currently. I mean, this is going to be... You can just imagine that when Tassie does come in in 2027 uh, and if the stadium's ready and all that, they still might have it there and they might share it across Hobart and Launceston, but you would expect that Tassie would get it in their first or second year. Um, and you can take it just about anywhere around Australia. Imagine if we, you know, you can do all... You could do a whole weekend in Darwin... This is incredibly exciting. I cannot see a negative in it. It's an extra round of footy a year, and it's uh, it's going to be something that has proven to be a massive hit in the NRL in Brisbane every year that it's been staged. So I dare you, I challenge you to come up with the negative on this. I, I cannot see how you could possibly not like this idea, but I know that the 40 Winks temper text will come and come hard with all kinds of... Uh, I was going to say whinging, but I won't. <laughs> but uh, ways to run that down. But please, if you do have a valid reason why you think that won't work, you're not going to lose any home games. So there's not, you're not going to lose anything. You're only going to gain. <laughs> so over to you. Tell me why this is not going to work and why this is bad. I, I, I await 
with bated breath. But I absolutely love it. F- phenomenal idea. It's 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 perfectly fine to take good ideas from other codes uh, and implement them. There's nothing wrong with that. Being second to something great doesn't make it any less great. Um, Gil also spoke um, about what could be maybe a little bit of an overreaction when it came to comments that he made for this weekend's AFL record, the grand final edition, which is out now. I'm going to be chatting to editor Mick Lovett after 7.30. That's his 25th season uh, putting out an AFL grand final record. Phenomenal achievement. Um, of course, produced right here at SEN. Uh, Gil spoke about the fact that he wasn't happy with the, the way that the process unfolded in regards to Paddy Cripps getting off at the appeals board and why he got off at the appeals board. That's somehow been all misconstrued and, um, and reconvoluted uh, to, to somehow feel like he might have been having a crack at Paddy Cripps himself because when it was put to Paddy Cripps, he said, well, he read my name out last uh, for three votes and I'll leave it at that. So um, that wasn't the case at all. And uh, Gil spoke to Jared today uh, about Paddy Cripps being the worthy winner of the Brownlow that he is. He's an incredibly worthy Brownlow medal winner. Anything related to that appeal process is separate and in no way related to his worthiness as a Brownlow medal winner. You know what I thought of the decision? I thought it was confusing at best. That's a, dis- uh, a, a comment on the appeals board's decision and that decision, nothing to do with Patrick Cripps. He's Highly eligible. He was cleared by the appeals board, and I think that he was a—he's a fabulous footballer, person, and an incredibly worthy Brownlow winner. Of course, that was Gil McLaughlin at his press conference yesterday, not with Jerry Whateley today. Um, the Essendon coaching situation and who they will get um, to be their next coach. Um, continues to be a major story that we're following. And Brad Scott's name uh, currently um, in his executive role uh, at the AFL. Um, he uh, has had his name linked to the uh, to the Essendon job, and uh, Jared asked Gill um, if uh, they would uh, lose Brad Scott, if he'd be happy to lose Brad Scott uh, to the Essendon coaching gig. I don't know. I mean, Brad's a star, I think, and he was a great coach. So I think Essendon would be. Um, I'm sure they'd want to talk to Brad. Um, um, I also think Brad's going down a different journey um, and he's doing a very good job at what he's doing and they're, they're just different, they're different paths. He's, you know, running football for for our game and he's every day uh, improving as a, as a general manager and learning all those broader skills. There's no one knows more about footy than Brad. And, um, you know, at some point he'll have to decide whether the day-to-day brutality of coaching is where he wants to go or whether he wants a life of, of general management that gives him different options, whether they be running footy or, frankly, he could be a chief executive of a club in time or all those sorts of options. So, I'll, you know, without saying, of course I'll talk to Brad and, you know, he's, he's got a job to do in the next week or so and I'll talk to him at the right time and we'll see where that goes. Gil McLaughlin today, the other big source. I would say, and I'm going to throw this up there and you can tell me as well, Across the course of this year, which I believe is the greatest season that I can remember witnessing, um, and the finals have been extraordinary. Uh, there's only one game that really hasn't lived up to the billing, and that was Friday night, Geelong and, and, and Brisbane. So we've had a, a, a phenomenal year, a year to celebrate, uh, one of the most enjoyable seasons of footy. But there has still been issues that have got people upset, and when you do the podium for what did we whinge about most, I'm going to say number one was the, the, the descent rule. Um, and I said at the time, this is the biggest overreaction to something that we won't be talking about by the end of the year. Uh, second, I'm going to say, might be with a bullet, like a late 
charge has come from the music being played between goals at the MCG, which happens every week at the Gabba, uh, happens every week in up to stadium, Sydney, uh, all around the country. But apparently it was too loud. Uh, apparently it's just not right at the MCG, and it's not going to happen. Um, so Gil has <laughs> said today uh, about the music at the MCG and whether or not it will happen on grand final day. Friday night, blowout game. It was the sort of Geelong's... Songs they played out in Geelong, and for me, it probably didn't feel quite right. Particularly playing songs and other stuff when it's twelve goal margin. Um, so I think you evaluate all that stuff, and uh, we certainly won't be having it in the grand final. Uh, he also went on to say that it it can be something that adds to the overall experience and overall ambiance uh, at any other ground. It's totally contextual, and it adds to the energy. And this town is different and everyone's feeling it out. Um, but um, in the right moment, in the right time, the music does add stuff. People can't have it all. You know, when you're counting down into the last 60 seconds of the final grand final day and the music and the noise, that actually does add to the atmosphere. And I didn't think it worked Friday night, but people are always going to try and improve the experience for the, for, for the punters. It doesn't mean it always works. Exactly. We would be fuming if the AFL didn't try to improve the fan experience. You have to always be looking for ways to add to the fan experience. Some people like it, some people don't. It works some places and maybe doesn't work in others. But it wasn't that bad. It wasn't worth the amount of carry-on that we've heard since. Um, maybe just till we could turn it down a little. I don't mind the players having a song that you associate with them kicking a goal. I think kids would really like it. Um, it is not the end of the world sort of uh, worst possible case scenario style um, event that it's been made out to be. I wouldn't have thought, but that's just me. That's just me thinking there are bigger issues in the game than whether there's music after a goal. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 John in Berwick, Magic Round. Can you tell me what's wrong with it, or are you all for it? Good evening, mate. No, I'm all for it. I reckon it's fantastic. Um, anything, anything that will get us an extra game to try and... Mm. Uh, fair and up the, or even up the comp, you know, to have more games. Um, but the one thing that I, I would suggest is that we probably shouldn't have it here in Victoria. Um, you know, we've got the grand final, we've got Anzac Day, we've, we've got a lot of the events. And I think, I know that, you know, every, you know, I know the, the interstate clubs will have to travel because it'll be spread around the other four states, but to try and minimise travel for them again, one more travel, um, you know, not having to come to Victoria. I think um, I think that's probably a, a more fair thing. I, I think we've just got enough here and I think it would be great for those other interstate teams to have that type of atmosphere in their, in their states. Yeah, John, great call. Love that. I, I think, though, that, and whilst I, I think you're right, it'll probably start going on the road uh, to the non-Victorian, um, well... I shouldn't say the non-Victorian states because any state that's not Victorian is a non-Victorian state. It'll go out of Victoria, I think, uh, in the early uh, first couple of years. But I think that there'll be teams that would say on the flip side of that that are non-Victorian teams, hey, we'd love another chance to be able to play at the MCG uh, once a year. So I think they'll rotate it around and everybody will get a crack at it and it'll be, uh, it'll be a bloody good spectacle. Uh, Alex in Mount Martha, before we head to a break uh, and come back with Brendan and Lucas. So the magic round, a carnival round. Your thoughts, Alex? Yeah, g'day, mate. Look, um, it's a little bit of a negative one, but um, look, the only thing that I have against it is probably just that um, it just takes away from the integrity of the draw. Like, I think you either play each team once 
or you play each team twice. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, where, where, where are we going with it? Because at the end of the day, the, the most important thing is is the integrity of the draw. And I just think that this is just adding to it a little bit. And what are we really doing with it? Are we going to go into a long-term plan of, hey, we're going to set it up so we play each team once? Or well, what is our long-term vision? Are we going to play each team twice? Like, you know, that, that's my opinion on it, mate. Oh, I appreciate you ringing to share your opinion. All I'd say is that you can't be half pregnant. So we are, you're, you're, you're right. We have an issue with the integrity of the draw where do we play each other once or do we play each other twice? Can't play each other twice. It's just too long a season. And you'll just get too many teams resting too many big players and, and it will just – it'll fade. It, it will lessen the product. So, But I, my belief is that once – if you don't have it either way, then another round's not going to make it more – it's not going to add to the integrity or take away. It's still going to be in the same status integrity-wise, to your point, as it was. So I, I hear what you're saying, that that already exists. I don't think this changes that one way or the other, but I appreciate your thoughts on it. Uh, Brennan, stay right there. More of your calls on the other side of this. And Buddy Franklin, uh, only the bud could make a statement and release a statement that in two words we knew exactly what it meant. One more. We'll hear from him after this as well. The Monopoly game at Maccas is back. Download the My Maccas app and get in the game today. Welcome to the Maccas Run with Sam Hargrove. Yeah, I just thought the, the time was right to, to come out. Obviously, we've got the grand final this week. There's going to be a lot of speculation. Oh, is he going to go on? I just wanted to make this about, about the boys. And this is a huge game for us. Um, me and Jacinta and my family, we came to the decision that we, we wanted to stay in Sydney. Um, it was a lot, obviously a, a long process to come to that decision. Um, I wasn't sure whether I was going to go on, um, but I've come to the, the decision that I've still got the passion, love the game. Um, in, in, I've enjoyed every minute of sorry, mate. Enjoyed every minute of um, of this year. Um, we've got such an exciting group here, and um, to go on another year is just a no-brainer for me. Did you contemplate playing for a third club? No, not at all. No. Yeah, there's been a lot of knockers over the years, haven't there? Really, like um, when I first got here, people were knocking that. I'd, I wouldn't get there. I wouldn't make it. I'd play for four or five years and that'd be it. So I've, um, I've definitely proved them wrong, haven't I? Does it still feel like you need the flag, though, to absolutely silence them for good? It'd be nice. Buddy Franklin, the statement came out last night. One more. Uh, great brevity, word economy, phenomenal, and just phenomenal to have one of the greatest of all time staying with us for another year. I think it'll be the hottest ticket in town next year if it is to be in for Buddy to see him one last time. And how good is it that he's on the biggest stage of all grand final day come Saturday? His former teammate, Ted Richards, will join us after 6.30. Uh, Brendan's in Melton and wants to talk music at the games. G'day, Brendan. How are you going, Sammy? I'm good, thanks. All right. I haven't got a major issue with it at all. I think it actually adds a lot of um, character to the game when we're sort of lacking that at the moment. Why we need to scrap all together where we can just tone it down a little bit? I don't see a need to just go, no, nah, let's not have it. If we just turn it down a little bit. Sure. Like, you still hear the roar of the crowds. The players are still going to get their, their G up, which is what I think it is. It's, the players, they look for something to inspire them. I think if it's, if it's a song... Or Charlie Cameron bounce out his song every time it comes up. I don't see major issue if we just turn it down rather than just scrapping it all together. So Brendan, that's just my opinion. Very level-headed, very pragmatic. I like your style. Thank you very much for giving us a call. And I did set the challenge off the text if people could uh, find fault in having uh, a magic round, and uh, there are a couple. 
If it rains, do you want to see your team third up on a big heap? Love this idea, but taking on your challenge to find a negative, does it technically give two teams an additional home game, depending on the state it's hosted in? Look, it may do, but it'll be cyclical. So it'll go around and everyone will get their chance. But how about this? If it's in Sydney, then the Giants will play the game at the SCG and the Swans can play it out at the Giants. If it's in Brisbane, uh, they can go down to the Gold Coast and we'll work it out like that so that there's nothing for you to be upset about. Uh, Sam, that'll mean teams lose a potential home game to do it. No, it doesn't because they don't lose any of their home games. We're gaining a game for the year. It'll be a 24th round. Hey, back after this with Ted Richards. The Monopoly game at Maccas is back. Download the My Maccas app and get in the game today. Welcome to the Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. Reed back to Shaw, back to Johnson. One of four from Xavier. Crash, bash. That's the Swans' way. Smith can't quite get it, but he held up. Hannibal's been magnificent. Malcheski, two goals that he'll never forget. And they're home all right. They've done it. What a team. That culture that loves. Oh, what about that? 2012, the last time the Swans won a flag. They were there again in 2016. Weren't able to get the chocolates that day, and they are back in another AFL grand final, uh, a chance to write another piece of their incredible history. You heard Bruce McAvaney mention one of four from Xavier in that 2012 team. We've been, managed, we've been able to get one of them to jump on and have a chat to us. A speaker, of course, for a man that was all Australian in that premiership year, uh, and he's been good enough to have a yarn to us on the Sporting Capital. Uh, Ted Richards, hello to you, mate. Hey, Sam, how are you going? Uh, all the better for speaking to you. Thanks for your time. I know this week's probably going to be a very, very busy one for you on multiple fronts. Yeah, so um, it's busy. You know, we've got just a short week, three days three days in, uh, in Melbourne, Victoria. But um, uh, apart from that, it's hard not to be uh, distracted by everything else that's going on. Um, and it's, it's great to see a level of energy and excitement kind of come back to the city as well. So you in your time in your life were able to play uh, in two grand finals. Um, I'm not correct. No, uh, <laughs> three. So I'm, I'm 2014. So I was going to correct you, and then I was like, you know what? I don't really want to talk about the 2014 oh, grand final. I final. did too. I'm not, I'm not, You're 100% uh, right. Happy, How silly we, am I? <laughs> I'm happy if we move on. Let's pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> and I'm a Hawthorne supporter, so I'm not sure why I wasn't re- re- remembering that one. Um, or you've re- you're being kind. Let's, let's, uh, Maybe yeah. it was that. Maybe I was being kind. Yeah. And uh, uh, So you played in three grand finals uh, in your time and you were able to get that ultimate uh, in uh, 2012. When you hear Bruce's final words and, and you hear that siren again, what's the immediate uh, emotion that, that rises? Oh, it, it, it brings back all sorts of emotions. Um, uh, and it's, you know, coincidental. It's a 10-year anniversary this year. Um mm. Um, and there's, there's, a, there's a lot of you know things happen. We had a, we had a great um, catch up and reunion halfway through the year, and um, we're all getting back together again um, Friday night at the pub in Richmond. So it's um, um, yeah. What's what's great about the Swans you know, getting to the grand final again is it's quite nostalgic. It brings back a lot of happy memories. I uh, had a pleasure of speaking to Alex Johnson last week, just uh, remembering his incredible story and 
um, what he was able to experience before spending um, seven years out of the game. Um, for, for you that year, it really fell into place as well. You had a, a fantastic year personally, um, All-Australian as well. And, and that side going into 2012, weren't you weren't actually going in as favourites. Hawthorne had missed out on making the granny by a, a Luke Ball snap the year before. Um, they'd had a, a fantastic home and away. And, and they'd sort of gone into that game as, as favourites. And what, what stands out to you through the match? Because for probably two and a half, three quarters, it was really tightly held. Yeah, I, I get very proud when I see some people, you know, experts talk about some of the best grand finals of all time and, and normally 2012 is right up there in the, in the top one, two or three. Um, so it it is it was a huge arm wrestle um, where we had momentum at, uh, momentum at times, they had momentum at times. Um, and um, But both teams being quality teams, um, the ability just to you know press against that momentum and come back. But what I will call out is, yeah, there are quite a few similarities between this year um, and 2012 from a Swans perspective in that uh, I think both times we finished third, so weren't actually, you know, considered the, the, the best team in the comp um, and um, didn't have easy ways into the grand final. Like, you know, in 2012, I think we even lost the last three games of the year. Um, Swans have had some pretty, you know, tense finals. And I think there's a positive to that. Um, I think the fact that we've been really game-hardened, I think that should hold us in good stead. Yeah, you did. You lost three out of your last four. Um, you had a big win against the Bulldogs, but you lost to Collingwood. Um, you lost to Hawthorne and, and you lost to Geelong. Uh, in the road into finals. And, and you mentioned that finals run, and I spoke about this to Alex last week, but you you beat Adelaide in the first week, who had finished second uh, on the ladder. Um, you then go through to a prelim, and, and Geelong, uh, Collingwood sort of pushed you um, all the way in that. But you had to get over two teams in two different weeks that had just beaten you um, in the build-up to finals. So there was a fair bit going on. But when you got out to a, a half-time lead that you guys did, and then... You were able to – Hawthorne started to come and they came really hard and, and probably maybe their own inaccuracy didn't help them as well. But what do you remember being uh, the message at three-quarter time when you've got the, the team that finished top of the ladder bearing down on you with all those big names and um, and they were all starting to have an influence? Uh, I'd be lying if I, if I remembered what the message was. But I, I just think um – if you've got yourself into that stage where you're playing in the grand final, um, you know, you're a part of a good team. Um, you've had had a good year, and I think we all, we all um, you know had, had been tested at different stages of the year, and, and, and knew that listen, let, let, let's dig in here and let's push push back against this momentum, and um, that's what happened. And we, you know, you, you rely on individuals to, to take advantage of key moments and the likes of Josh Kennedy, Josh Kennedy, Dan Hannabury and Adam Goods kicking instrumental goals at, at really important times. Nick Malcheski, that bounce. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like so, so many people talk about, you know, 2012 grand final and talk about Malcheski's two goals. And don't get me wrong, they, they were phenomenal and will go down the history of being so important to the Swans for so many reasons. But the likes of Dan Hannabury, 
in the first quarter, Dan Hannes was just a young kid. He might have been like 20 or 21. Yeah. And he ran back with a fight when um, Hawthorne had all the momentum and took a pretty big hit and just bounced up. And I can remember, I would have been close to 30, and I can remember going, but, you know, if this is what our young players are doing here, like, you know, we are on today. It's, it was just so good to see, you know, a young player um, like Hannes just um, do what he did on that big, on, in, in that game. Did you? Would you have thought at that on that day in 2012 when uh, Buddy Franklin, I think, came third in the Norm Smith voting? I think Brad Sewell came second. Buddy came third. Um, always a very tough task. Did you ever think that two years later you'd be uh, running out in the same jumper as him uh, after he came to town in probably the biggest shock footballing move, uh, certainly of the modern era, uh, of him going to, to Sydney? Because he's announced that he's going on for one more year. Only the bud could put out a two-word statement, one more, and everyone would just go, yep, that's all it needs. Um, do you remember those times when Bud came to town yeah. and, and what that was what was all happening in and around that? Yeah, so there's a few things to speak to there. I'll speak about, you know, back in, I think it was the end of 2013, um, I was part of the Swans leadership group at the time and Andrew Isle and, um, and, and John Longmire put a message out to us. Uh, I know we had a meeting and said, listen, um, uh, we're having a, a crack at Bud. Um, what's your thoughts on that? And I, I just got so excited. You know, before that, you know, um, for, for many reasons, one of which was I wouldn't have to pay on him anymore. <laughs> and anyway, so when the when the deal was done and it was all approved and went went through, I sent him a text. Uh, I got his number off someone and, and sent him a text to say, "Listen, Doug, you know, welcome to the Swans Cup. You know, I can't wait to play alongside you." And and yeah, so it was so exciting and you know so much. And he wrote back it was one of the most like. Things I just didn't see coming. He goes, hey, with this, we don't have to play on each other any, anymore. And I was like, mate, we don't have to play on each other. It should be like, I don't have to play wow. on you. And, um, you know, the, 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 the humility of him to kind of um, say that, I was just, gee, I almost teared up. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. At, at, yeah. I, were you, how stunned were you, though, when that was what you were told by Andrew Ireland? How, how, how big a shock was that to you and the rest of the group? Well... Yeah, I I kind of thought, listen, is this a hot, are we talking a hypothetical here? <laughs> well, yeah, like, almost is it, is it a rhetorical question? Like, are you expecting us to answer here? Um, but then when they said, listen, you know, we've been managing the the salary the salary cap, and we can make this work. Um, you were at that stage of where we were. Um, we you know we we won in twenty twelve. We, we we came back. At, pulled back a little in 2013. Um, he was obviously going to be the catalyst to kind of get us moving forward again. And, um, uh, um, yeah, we had arguably, or not arguably, we had a better season in 2014 with him. Mm. We had a much better season in 2012. And we almost went in too good. Like, we, we, we were... It was the opposite to 2012. We were smacking everyone. And, and mm. we, 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 we almost sailed through the finals. And... Um, um, credit to Hawthorne. They really um, um, showed us up on grand final day. Yeah, I, I, still, I still don't quite believe that it's real. I remember sitting in the grandstand that day going, I can't really figure out what I'm seeing. I would have thought that... Yeah, with don't worry, yeah. I, was, I was playing the game and I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> All right. Oh, I won't, we won't keep going on that. But, but Ted, uh, speaking of Ted Richards, uh, Swans uh, Premiership player in 2012, All-Australian, 
the impact that Buddy Franklin has had, I, I, it still astounds me that there are naysayers saying that, oh, well, you know, they didn't get a premiership. Well, he's been in two grand finals since joining the Swans. Uh, there are, you know, 21 other players uh, in the side and, and there's an opposition that you've got to go up against as well uh, and all those kind of things. Um, it wasn't a guarantee, but just speak to how important and how much of a success Sydney signing Buddy Franklin's been in your mind. Yeah, like, yeah. First of all, I'd just say, what a load of crap people <laughs> yes. determine. Like, a premiership is the way you determine if someone's been a success or not. So, and like, a few things I'll speak to there. Like, I think that's a very lazy, somewhat American way of looking at things because um, if you go hard after a basketballer or even a quarterback in NFL, an individual has so much say mm. in the outcome of that game. Our game is different. Our game's, you know, it, it's, it's even more diverse than soccer, you know, in terms of there's 22 picked as opposed to five picked in basketball or whatever it is. Um, so, like, and the other example I'd use is, like, you know, secure to go out and pick Nick Rewalt with the number one draft pick. Nick Rewalt is one of the greats of the game. He didn't win a, a premiership. Well, was that a failure of the Saints to um, um, in picking Nick, even though they couldn't get a premiership out of him? Oh, you'd be a fool to suggest that. Mm. Um, so, I, I, you know, what Bud has been able to achieve um, in his time at the Swans, this, this will be his third grand final, Coleman medals, all Australians. I think he was even an All-Australian captain one year. Yes. Um, yeah, high in the best and fairest year after year. Um Tickets. We are playing a team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, oh, and there's if you unless you've lived in Sydney, um, you've got no idea, kind of what it's like to live in a sport. You know, for AFL to to exist in a sport in a city where um, rugby league, rugby union, and, and soccer is equally at the table and on the news and in the media as, as other sports, um, you've got to really fight for fight for um uh to get the the attention and that's what buddy does like when buddy came um and he had number 23 there was a lot of kids that went out and bought swans jumpers that had number 23 Mm. on the back and and probably didn't know much about the game other than that buddy plays for the swans ted last question what do you what do you see in this year's swans that you're so impressed with and why will they be able to get it done in your mind uh, on Saturday? If indeed you think that they will, but if you do, then why can they get a win um, on the weekend? Uh, all right. What impresses me, um, and this is what, not why we'll win, but it is what impresses me, is young kids believing in themselves and taking the game on. Um, there's quite a few there, um, in particular, you know, that, the Chad Warners, the, yeah. um, the Errol Gouldens. I, I just, I've got such pride in, in seeing these kids, um, you know, embrace the team, embrace the culture and going, we're getting on board with this. Um, I don't know them at all. I had nothing, you know, and uh, they bring so much excitement. Um, but um, that's not why we'll win. Why we'll win, which somewhat related to this, but is... Um, we're not reliant on one or two people to to play well. Um, yeah, much of the, our discussion has been on Buddy, 
but Buddy's a 35-year-old. Buddy is... Um, we've got many avenues to go, be it, you know, Papley, Heaney and others. We've got a fantastic defence um, and we've got some of the best midfielders in the competition. Um, I think we are a really well-balanced team and um, um, don't get me wrong, Geelong are too, but um, that's that's how I think um, and why I think we might um, get a uh, small win on the weekend. Hey, Ted, it's always just a, an absolute pleasure to catch up with you and, and to get your thoughts on uh, things, all things Sydney Swans. And um, good luck on the weekend. Enjoy the reunion. I said to um, Alex last week that it was one of my favourite moments of the year seeing Adam Goods back on the, MC, uh, get back on the SCG uh, for that reunion and the way in which that was celebrated. And um, I hope that you guys uh, have a really enjoyable weekend catching up again and uh, sharing some old stories and reliving some uh, happy memories. And uh, for all of your yeah. sakes, I hope there's another memory made uh, on Saturday. Oh, thanks, Sam. Hope so too. Ted Richards, 2012 Premiership player with the Swans and All-Australian that year as well. And by the way, from a Swans perspective, if they are to hoist that Premiership Cup again, uh, Mitch Cleary reporting uh, from Channel 7 that uh, it'll be former Sydney captain and Brownlow medalist Paul Kelly that will present the Premiership Cup to Sydney if they are to be successful, as he did in 2005 when he presented it to Paul Ruse and Barry Hall. So a bit of news there from Mitch Cleary uh, from Channel 7. Uh, back to wrap up the Maccas run. Score a one-in-four chance to win the Monopoly game at Maccas. Bit of other uh, bits and pieces of news around. I'll update you on those after this. The Monopoly game at Maccas is back. Download the My Maccas app and get in the game today. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. It's awesome for our club that someone like Josh Dunkley wants to come to our football club. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's it shows how far we actually have come as a club yes. in the past few years. And to start attracting the talent uh, like Josh Dunkley, like Lockie Neal, like Joe Danaher, um, really says about the club's the position that we're in and the, and the culture that we've built at the club. So, um, yeah, fantastic. Lion skipper Dane Zorko on SEN Queensland today speaking about the prospect of Josh Dunkley coming to the footy club. He has requested a trade from the Western Bulldogs. Uh, the Dogs, according to Sam Edmund, want two first-rounders for a player that they believe is better now than when that's what they wanted for him a couple of years ago when Essendon came a-knocking. So there'll be plenty to play out there. Um, Sam Edmund also reporting that Hunter Clark from the Saints, who was a top-10 draft pick, has been linked to a top-10 draftee uh, with North Melbourne who might use one of the AFL's concessions picks on the St Kilda midfielder. Uh, also Sam Edmund reporting that Quinton Narkel and his management uh, are speaking with multiple clubs about the cat uh, relocating to um, different what, what, where do cats live? A different litter? No, that's not right. Uh, just finding another pole to scratch on uh, elsewhere. Uh, Fremantle's Darcy Tucker has requested a trade from the Dockers to North Melbourne. Dyson Heppel has re-signed for one more season at the Bombers. So too has Phil Davis uh, at the Giants. Sean Higgins, former uh, Bulldog, former Roo, has announced his retirement from Geelong. He played 260 games. Congratulations to Sean Higgins on a fantastic career. The Dockers have delisted midfielder Connor Blakely today and Hawthorne appear to be in the box seat to snare Fremantle Ruckford Lloyd Meek uh, with Luke Jackson coming to town. And Melbourne tall forward Mitch Brown has announced his retirement. Uh, 79 games in 13 years he's been in the AFL system. Um, 
yeah, I think that he's done a remarkable job to make sure that he found opportunities for himself um, and, and what he did to the list that he was on. Um, in uh, women's cricket news, uh, Shelley Nitschke has been confirmed as the Australian women's cricket team head coach on a full-time basis, a four-year contract. She'd been serving as the interim coach since May. Uh, and just in the NFL today, Buffalo Bills demolished the Tennessee Titans 41-7, to uh, hat-trick for Stefan Diggs. And the Eagles had a comfortable win over the Vikings, 24-7. to And if you hadn't seen Aaron Sipos, who was holding the ball for a field goal attempt, it was blocked. He ran down Chris Boyd, the cornerback, and stopped a certain touchdown from being scored, just as he's doing good things uh, in the US. Uh, that's for the Maccas run. Sporting Capital's next. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.